Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. We are your morning show for any hour. We are over-caffeinated and underprepared, which is the way I do my best shows. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. He's Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon. How you doing, Vic? I am doing fine, Mary Catherine. I had a, a lovely Easter. I went to my brother-in-law, Captain Bill Dwyer's, out west, and I brought, you know what I brought? Oh, Kate made a nice salad, which was very nice, but I brought a bottle of Long Branch bourbon. Do you know Long Branch? I do know of Long Branch. You kn- Is that not yes. what what the Ewings drank? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. This is Long Branch is a collaboration. <laughs> I think it's you're, also with the Ewings. Yeah, yes, your Long Branch. This is a collaboration between Wild Turkey and Matthew McConaughey. Oh. And so his name is on Well, there. I guess it didn't exist in the time of the no, Ewings no. then. No, but although but it is te- I mean, it's Texas though. It's yes. Texas. And, and, and so um, it's very smooth. It was a big hit. Uh, Just like Matthew McConaughey Well, yeah, I was going to say, I love this bourbon because, you know, I I get older, but the bourbon stays the same age. Sorry, that that should be their their slogan. Had a very good time. Uh, We basically finished the bottle. Nice. Which, that's the kind of guest I am, which is, I brought you something here, let's open it. I, I don't. That's. I mean, I don't think that. That's like. That's like. That's like an no, etiquette violation, isn't it? No, it's it's a host. It's, it's a host gift, but the host got like a couple drinks out of it, and you oh, had the rest. You know, oh, believe me. No, uh, the the, he ho- got, the he host got at least had, a quarter of that bottle. Yeah, oh, I'm pretty sure the host had most of it. Uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes somebody will bring over a nice bottle, and like, do you do you open? Do they want you to open the bottle now, or is it something you're supposed to save? I don't know. I one time brought over to a friend, an acquaintance, let's just say an acquaintance, a really nice bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. And they were they invited our family over to brunch. This is years ago. And it was a bottle of Dutz, Dutz, D-E-U-T-Z, which is really nice. It's hard to find. Nice. And he said, oh, thank you so much. He opened the bottle, and then he poured it into his pitcher of orange juice. And I said, ah. What? Yeah, so... That happens. Mary Catherine, how are you? Happy, happy Easter. That, and that friend was me. And that friend was you, and we've never had her over since. No, <laughs> I still have your empty bottle of P- Peter Arthur. Oh, is it Peter David Arthur? Arthur? David Arthur. The Delish. wine Delish. was something with the steak. How is your Easter? And I, mo- most importantly, how is that Slim Jim? I know they come in a variety oh, of. I know they come in a variety of carcinogenic flavors. Oh yes, so I've so, discovered a new carcinogenic do flavor. Tell. Dill pickle. The collab I didn't know I needed between Vlasic. And Slim Jim's. Is it, is it Vlasic yes, mentioned? Oh my Vlasic. gosh, that's a, that's a collab. We're talking collaboration yes, this morning. It is a Vlasic yeah. dill pickle Slim Jim. Trademark. And it is delicious. Okay? I had two of them on the road. Because <laughs> you can't just have one. Much like no, potato no, no. chips. You, you can't, can't just, just buy have one, one Slim, Slim Jim. Jim. You have to have two. They're slim. Okay? It's in the name. Yeah. You need Was this the regular size or like the long one? Regular size. Okay. Well... I don't know. Which one do you... What do you consider regular size? Uh, like, uh, the, the one up to here, like 12. 12 inches. 12 inches is about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, Good I morning. Think it was anyway. Okay. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Oh, that was that was delicious. I, uh, I'm excited about that new road trip food find. Uh, oh. I might order some for the house. I might. I might say I won't. I won't. It's, a, it's a guilty pleasure. I got to tell you, though, I'm not, I'm not good as, road, uh, as good at road tripping as I used to be. It is... Uh, In what sense? I think it's just my old age. I'm just I just used to be better at sitting in that seat and uh and just just rolling straight on through with three kids. Well, now I have three kids, but two kids in okay. the back. So I mean, you take in the kids into account that they yes. might have issues and and situations, but as uh, for for you, 
was the issue like, oh, my back's hurting, or yeah, it's like, or I need to use the bathroom? Yeah, every 30 no, minutes. it's like my, it's like I get out of the car and I'm broken. Like, oh, yes. yikes! Yes, yes. And, well, this, and it's not that you're not driving a sedan, so it's not like you're low. No, that gets you. No, and part of it is that it's Easter weekend, so there, so there's traffic, oh, so you're doing oh. more. You know, you're doing some more ankle work. Yes, yeah, that way. Yes, the you stop know, and go on the yes. <laughs> and my, exactly. you know, I should do some ankle working out before I get in the car for yeah for the ro- yeah. road trip. Yeah. But it, it all turned out fine. We went down to North Carolina, mm. home uh, of Slim Jim, by the way. We <laughs> <laughs> down in North Carolina had a beautiful, beautiful day for Easter egg hunting. Actually, came back on Sunday. Nice. Sorry, Lord. While everybody oh. was at church, we were like, "Let's get on the road now." It still took forever, but we did come back on that day and went to the chicest McDonald's I've ever seen. It was like brand new, oh. redesigned. What we I thought, call, I thought what, if, if I'm going to, yeah. if I'm going to celebrate the risen Lord at a McDonald's, it should be the nicest McDonald's the nicest we one. can find. Jonathan last and I, we used to call it the flagship. You yeah. found the flagship Oof. McDonald's. It was, it was very, it was almost too nice. I was like, I don't feel like the atmosphere is correct here. It's, well, it's kind of a pleasant place where you feel comfortable sitting there with your family. Yes. And you're not worried that, you know, it was the place good. is going to get stick up or something. Yeah. That's true. It was it was good. Also at the Easter egg hunt and festivities, which were fantastic. I had the perfect situation, which is four grandparents who oh. all want to hang out with the kids. Three cousins added to the mix, which they means all the older play. kids are good to yes. go. Yes. Yes. And I sat on the porch and drank first coffee and then several mimosas. That's what I did. That is perfect. That's what the, nice. that's what the relatives were there for. It was be- it was a beautiful family time. Well, lovely. Uh, so did the kid the kids they're really into the uh, it was the Easter egg hunt. Yeah, they love the hunt. They love. And the there's hunt. one golden egg that has a dollar in it. Oh, and, woo, gets cutthroat out there. They it's really like painted like it's. it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a shiny it's golden one and uh, fairly good. large, and it has a dollar in it. Although there's always the chance there could be more than a dollar, and the kids are very hype on that. You know, like how much is it worth? And it took them a long time to find it, but they did eventually find it. One of the cousins found it. We, we, and then it, all the other yeah. ones were moot because they didn't find it. Our, my, my brother-in-law, when we used to go out to Winchester, they used to have, now the kids are older, but they had the big Easter egg hunt and used to plant them all over the front yard. But, yeah, they had a lot of, you know, pets and horses and things. We used to say, if you see the brown egg, don't pick it up. <laughs> don't pick that up. It's golden egg. Golden yes, egg. Yes, golden yeah. egg is what yeah, we're looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. No, I... I love this Easter egg hunt. We don't, we, I, I made a rule mm-hmm. several years ago because there's a lot of Easter egg hunt creep, okay? How Where so? they start Easter egg hunting at school. They Easter egg hunt oh. in the community. So they Easter egg hunts. hunt at the park. Like yes. there's so many Easter yeah. egg hunts. I was like, now, same with Halloween. There's Halloween creep. Or yes. a week or two before Halloween, mm-hmm. they're like, we need you to dress up your kid for preschool. And I was like, yeah. now, nah, we don't do that. We, wow. don't, we have one very well-planned costume and that is it <laughs> so, so the, even the classroom thing you wouldn't do i i would end up sending her in like Something some else. you know janky little princess dress right, that we right, had at right, home right, but right. we have one one big costume and i don't well, that you know, I, we, I don't guys, mess around with that we get we get in that on the day of halloween and no other day because it's constructed specifically only to last through halloween <laughs> you guys go all out but anyway, same with Easter egg hunt because it takes the shine off the Easter egg mm. hunt if you do it too many times. So I do not allow any Easter egg hunts right. until the actual one event hunt on Sunday at Grandma and Grandpa's house, yeah. and then everybody's excited. I'm going to get some passports for my kids today. 
That's exciting. Which means that I had to do passport photos, photos for my kids. <laughs> Where can you do the photos? Is it is is it as is it as cold and bureaucratic as it used to be? Well, where you're not allowed to smile. Yes, and they really don't care how you look like. They don't want to. They don't want to see your teeth. I know that. So my kids are like, how do, oh. we, how do we smile without teeth? No right? smiling. You're supposed to be. Well, now you can smile, but you can't show your teeth. Apparently. Anyway, interesting. So both kids have these weird smiles. No, it's not. It's not a great look. But now I got to do the baby. The baby has to be oh, wow. taken care of today. You, baby needs passport. Well, we're going to go on a trip this summer. Oh, okay. To uh, paradise, and so we need some documentation. A passport for this baby. So and because because of COVID, it took me like six months to get her oh. birth certificate. Oh, yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. On, now I'm on it. So, I, but I got to take her picture today, which means. I can take it, I guess I can put her on a sheet on the ground and take it from above that's allowed. How and she doesn't have any teeth, so that's yeah. good. We, don't, we can't show those. But I took my kids to the UPS store where they do I was going to say, you, where, you go to a, a place for the passport mm-hmm. photos, like a photo. Yes, well, they, they have a, a place that place. knows how to do them properly. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so I had the UPS, UPS guys that. do that's them. Good. That's and a good gig. It was, the, it was the gal at the counter who did a fine job on my children. But I got to say, if you can... I'll, show, I'll tell you which UPS off off air, Vic. If you ever need a passport <laughs> oh, photo, good. there's a specific guy at the really? UPS who he should shoot my headshots. Wow. I got such a beautiful picture for my renewed passport that the TSA is going to flag me and be like, ma'am, you are not as cute as this picture. Are you the same woman? Now, is, is the, the camera is digital now, so yes. do you get a chance to look at which one you want? Does I take did, it and, and re- he oh. took the picture, and I was like, whew. Wow. Yes, sir. Print you remember, that out Remember for me. the olden days? You couldn't. You had no control. They're like, okay, <laughs> we'll get back to you in a couple days. Here yeah, it is. You'll find out next week yeah. after we send this to the Kodak okay, shack. So, so for your baby, that's yes. right, for your baby, they, she probably has to renew that what? In a, I know. I, I think kids only last a couple of years. Well, I'm very, I'm very jealous for you. I have to see your photo because you have to. Adults basically keep them for ten years, I think, right? Yes. When you reach our age bracket, <laughs> ten years from 10 now, years. the TSA is really going to have some issue. Customs is going to be like, no, ma'am, I'm you waiting. cannot come I'm back. I'm counting this down. I think I still have a few more. Year, I still have a few more years left on my photo that looks like I need to take gas X. <laughs> Just going to put it that way. <laughs> All right, more on travel oh, yes. news in a moment, but first. Oh. A word from our sponsor, The Spectator. As the longest-running magazine in the world, The Spectator does not do all the identity politics. Instead, they do intelligent conversation and thought. From the war in Ukraine to the ideological war in the classroom, from the rise of inflation to the rise of cancel culture, The Spectator has been dedicated to stimulating reporting and analysis since 1828. The U.S. edition of The Spectator has just newly come ashore and is bringing the high-quality writing and analysis that you're used to to U.S. audiences for the first time. The Spectator also covers the best in books, travel, food, wine, and much, much more. We have a special offer for listeners of Getting Hammered. Sign up today, and you'll receive three months of the print magazine and full digital access. Plus, they're going to send you a free Spectator hat. You know you want to wear that. Just go to spectatorworld.com backslash special offer and use the offer code HAM. That's H-A-M, just like me. I love the Spectator because of the food and wine coverage, because it has some smart people that I love to read, and because I like to get a print magazine. Not going to lie. It's a little treat for me in the mail. So sign up today to get three months of The Spectator, plus get your free Spectator hat when you subscribe today at spectatorworld.com backslash special offer. That is spectatorworld.com backslash special offer, and use the offer code HAM, H-A-M. So. Big news. Travel news. First of all, I'm traveling this week. <gasps> like on a plane. Yes. 
I get to fly to California because I'm oh. going to be on the Bill Maher show on Friday. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. So I'm going to L.A., and lo and behold, I shall fly without a mask, it seems. It seems. Mask reporter Mary Catherine Hamm will be flying across. You're gonna this test, is my shoe leather You're, you're going to test it out venture. for us. So, yeah, getting uh, hammered investigates yes. on Thursday. So, so a judge. Was, it was uh, uh, the judge just ruled. Judge Mizell. Yes. Just ruled. Overruled the CDC for mass guidance, saying that they they overextended, overexceeded. Yes. They're not overexceeded. They exceeded their they exceeded, authority. They're out of their lane. So yes. uh, the way the way that it works in America is that Congress can make laws, and then the judiciary can tell them whether those laws are within its constitutional limits. And it this is the judiciary branch telling the CDC that it is not, in fact, a co-equal branch of the United States government. And in, right. it must go through the yeah. proper process and fit the statute if it would like to tell the entire nation what to do. And the CDC's rulemaking has lost several times in court now. I believe there's two others. What's that? But this is, I think, the third time mm-hmm. it's lost in court. The mass mandate... It, exceeds the CDC's authority under the Public Health Services Act. And the ruling goes all through the language that they're using to justify this, particularly the word sanitation, yeah. which is the operative word that they're saying, look, this mask mandates for everyone on any sort of travel, public transport, falls under sanitation. She goes through all the definitions of sanitation. She says, actually, contemporary definitions and and dictionaries dictate that sanitation means what you would logically think it is, which is sanitizing things, not sanitizing people's noses by covering them. And therefore, this does not fall. It's hard to justify that this falls under that category, which the freak out from people who see the limiting of the federal government's powers. I mean, there was one actual lawmaker who was like, whatever you think about masks, you should be deeply concerned that the judiciary is taking away powers from the federal government. I'm like, oh, girl, opposites day. Yeah, yeah. You should be gratified that the judiciary is telling a rulemaking agency that it does not have the power to make these rules. If they didn't follow the process, they didn't follow the process. One of the parts of the process is they didn't allow public comment in the normal way that they should have. Mm -hmm. And so... They didn't do that because they're like, oh, it's a very, it's an emergency. We got to get it in place. Well, they didn't do it. They didn't they, do what they were supposed to do. They love their emergency powers, Oof, right? Which is yes. why they extended it in general for 90 days. So uh, now they have a situation to deal with regarding transport and transport hubs, meaning airports. But otherwise, if you look at the extension of the emergency powers, you have the ability, they have the ability to extend food stamps without a work requirement because of COVID, but of course, people are going back to work. In yes. fact, there's a work shortage. They're, they, they can't, uh-huh. businesses can't the hire enough. The eviction moratorium. The That's eviction moratorium one. was what they lost on, yeah, which was just, right. that one was mind-blowing to yeah. me. In, in what world does the CDC have the power to tell people yeah. who own property that they cannot maintain that property and the people, the tenants within it, according to what they would like to and do? And they were also very upset about it. That they lost this one. And, of course, the other thing is expanding Medicaid. So people who are not normally eligible, all the freebies. This is what the whole point of the emergency powers is, is to give people more stuff and they don't have to pay anybody back. Okay, so Alaska, United, Delta Mm -hmm. announced immediately that they would be dispensing with this. There are videos all over the place of, of 
flight attendants unmasking and emotional about it. There's a lot of, well, there's a lot of pushback from people who are saying that I don't know what you're all getting excited about. People love wearing masks on planes, and this is a bad thing. Yeah, I don't think that's... Uh, uh, now, now, it does have to depend if you're going on international flights, right? So both, both destinations... Uh, both both points of travel have to be in sync. Yes. yes. But we, we're sort of the outlier on this. Yeah. So if you're going to Europe, arriving in Europe, you're fine. You're fine. Brit- Britain especially. But if you Coming were... back here, <laughs> right. not, not, that becomes an issue. So now it will probably be less of an issue. I would assume that if the Biden administration wanted to challenge this, they would have announced already that, they're, that they were asking for a stay of this injunction. They have not That's announced right. that. Saki did, Jen Saki at the White House press conference did seem to, at the presser, seem to say, uh, you know, we still think it needs to be in place. But she didn't go as far as to say that they're going to do much about it. We also think the mask mandate should be in place and that it's safer for individuals who are flying to continue to wear masks. So we would say to anyone sitting out there, we recommend you wear masks on the airplane. And then as soon as we can provide an update from here, hopefully soon, we'll provide that to all of you. Two more related CDC things. In the ruling, the judge said that she accepts the CDC's argument that masks limit COVID spread. But that alone is not sufficient to overcome what she concludes is a rule that exceeds the agency's authority to put it in place. The administration believes otherwise, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't have put it in place to begin with. That potentially is the crux of an appeal or an attempt to stop. Well, again, I would leave that to the Department of Justice. But uh, what we we announced last week uh, was just a two-week extension in order to have time to assess what we've all seen is rising cases and, and, and make an assessment and recommendation uh, with that in mind. So, of course, it's disappointing. Two, two weeks, weeks, two weeks to two stop week the spread, extension, guys. That two-week extension keeps uh, – it's a recurring theme. That it it, it is. Two it weeks is to adjust, to taking off – it takes two weeks to take the mask off, as you know. Yes. Um, some are, some yeah. have suggested, by the way, that the Biden administration is likely – fine with this because it's a Trump appointed judge yes. who they left some sort of point its ire at. And by the way, the ire thing. has been sexist. <laughs> the yeah. I, the oh. ire is this 35 year old yes, woman. Right. This is disgusting. I was like, oh, thanks for pointing her out to me. I can show her to my daughters and yes. say, look, this 35 year old woman who's a judge. She, that means she was born in 1987, by the way. <laughs> She was born in 87. I think of her as in my yeah. age bracket, and then I'm like, oh, no, she's much more successful than I am. Judge, I think she might have clicked <laughs> well, for... Well done. <laughs> I think she might have clicked for Thomas, she and did. then she got a lifetime appointment from Trump when she was 33. So the left has, has turned on her because, of course, powerful feminists being very good at their jobs is not a thing that they like as long as that person is no. not agreeing with them. No. Like ACB. <laughs> yes. Not a thing they like either. Here's Jen Psaki again trying to explain why... Why we need masks on planes, which are super, super well ventilated, some of the best ventilated places on Earth, but not in the press room. Why is it that we can sit here in the White House briefing room with no masks, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin with no masks? Well, Peter, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. That I'm aware of. If you're a doctor, I wasn't aware of that today until today. Good one. Not a doctor. Just making sure. That's a laugher. Um, And... Nor does he play one on TV. There you go. Most days. Um, but these determinations, remember the masking guidance is there are is green, yellow, and red. We are currently in a green zone in Washington, D.C., so they're not recommending it. Some people can still wear a mask if they want to. Many people do. Wow. 
also on planes. If you want to wear a mask, you can. Or wear them in meetings or wear them at certain times where you're going to be around or sitting close to people. Or maybe you have an immunocompromised parent or, or friend. And so people make that decision. And there's, this is based on health considerations and data that the CDC looks at about transmissibility as, as we've seen an increase in cases on, on airplanes. I would also like to know where that data is on increased cases on airplanes. Yeah, yeah. That's a real specific data set that Jen is working with here, and I am frankly not sure it exists. I, I, I tend not to get any resp- hear any responses or pushback whenever anybody mentions the filtration system on airplanes and how clean it is and how clean the air is and the way that works. And isn't that enough? And the amount of time it supposedly takes to get COVID on a plane, which is considerable, they say, according to studies. But again, they seem to not acknowledge any of these things. Well, a couple things. I think this is, yet again, an illustration of bad public health messaging. Mm-hmm. Masks were marginally helpful in the pre-vaccine sure. era. In tight sure. spaces. Sure, we didn't know. We didn't know. If you wore a yeah. nice one, if you wore it correctly, yeah. right? We were wearing, both people were wearing it because they might be asymptomatic and spreading. Okay. We had to modulate away from that. And one of the things that I think public health did a disservice to many people, many of whom are vulnerable, by telling them that these masks really were the key, okay? They weren't the key, especially cloth no. ones, and ventilation is actually a much superior defense system. Yeah. And this is part of the school problem, too. Nobody focused. I remember the, the summer of 2020 being like, maybe we should look at the HVAC situation yeah. or do windows open at the beginning of school right. or what are the what are the ways that we can get the air mm-hmm. circulating yeah. better? Nobody talked about that because everybody decided that plexiglass and old navy cloth masks were yeah. the answer. Plexiglass around your desks and then eating and making sure at your desk, no talking, which was great yeah. for the teachers, and then make sure your mask is on in between bites and sips. Right. What and a then, lovely experience. Then there's the reaction to this that, you know, we've seen this throughout COVID whenever a change is made, which is the idea that you selfish people are unwilling to do anything Mm -hmm. to protect the immunocompromised. That is just not true. That is, it's just not true. Every single person in this country has Mm -hmm. given up something Mm -hmm. in the past two years in an attempt, in the early days especially, given up a ton, in an attempt to get us to zero COVID, which was not a reasonable goal. Some Kids gave up so much stuff, all their extracurriculars, all their milestones for the mm-hmm. last two years, sometimes all of school for an entire year. This country has been willing to make compromises. It made a lot. To help those who were immunocompromised. The deal they were sold was 15 days to flatten the curve, yeah. to make sure that hospitals were not overwhelmed. We are now living in an era with pharmaceuticals that help with in addition sorry the, the uh, immunotherapies and uh, and vaccines yeah. that help we have a lot more awareness of how the virus spreads and what to do about it we have a lower virulency yeah. form of it and we have a lot of immunity right it's time to live a different way but there's the, some of these tweets one of my this is oh. a, a doctor one of my patients tearfully told me she's canceling her flight to her daughter's outdoor wedding on Saturday It's wild some people's, quote, mild discomfort while wearing a mask is more important than immunocompromised people's ability to live through a pandemic. Again. I'd like to see those comments. I don't, (laughs) I just don't know what people expected. 
freedom has certainly been curbed for the past two years in very serious ways. People have lost their businesses. They've yeah. lost their jobs. The folks on the COVID cautious end of the spectrum have had their way for two yeah. years in many ways, including mm-hmm. up and including to firing people right. for not getting vaccines. And yet they turn around and say, how dare you? Your mild discomfort. It's been more than mild discomfort, and people need to admit that. It's two years, but no, it, and, 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 and for them, this is, well, there's another variant, BA2. It's coming up, and so let's wait till that's gone. And if there are no more variants and the cases are down, way down, then maybe okay. Well, that's, the, that's always the promise, yeah. right? It's like we need to, in the comments, again, re- responding to mm-hmm. this doctor, there's mm-hmm. people saying like, hey, you know, we can't do this forever. Yes, and we people can. say people say they do it in Asia. Not not forever, just until it's safe. Yeah. That's well right. again, it, people it, need to make their own calculations about what's safe. I, I in in one way I think it'll be surprising if the administration does decide to fight it and take it to the eleventh circuit. On the other hand, if they know that these are their people and their people, their supporters are ones who do not feel safe and want masks for the foreseeable future. And they'll say it's not foreseeable, it's just for another two weeks, but we know where this is going. And then they might try to force it, to reverse it. But I do think that this is kind of their off-ramp. Yes. And they should probably take it. I also want to give kudos to, uh, you know, on the other hand, there's Lufthansa and Air France, and they're still having mask requirements. But as you mentioned, United, Delta, and also um, uh, British Airways, as you know, and Virgin Atlantic. So uh, kudos to all of them. And I do want to say, if you get a chance... Have you ever flown Virgin America and no longer exists? It got bought by yes. Alaska. Do you remember the air, the safety video? Oh, obviously. <laughs> One of the greatest were you in that songs. Vi- were you dancing in that video? Because Hold that's on. like... If ah, only. If, I, got, had, if I had been cast yes. for that, oh. that's bucket list right there. Hold on. We're going to find it so you guys can have the joy of this song. <laughs> I, I would be like the old Asian dad in that, in that video. <laughs> It is not. Should be. There's there's choreography. Everyone's adorable. And the pink neon light in your cabin, by the way. It's like it's a full show. It's like being on a party bus. It is. It is. It's a party plane. (laughs) I want to get the chorus. I know. There you go. That's the new theme song, everybody. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I mourn. The, I, I mourn their passing and oh, being bought by Alaska. It was. It was yes. a sad day. So, um, well, one one <laughs> thing that um, that detour. One thing that bodes well. Yeah. For the the walls of Jericho continuing to tumble is that the TSA is not going to be enforcing the traveler mask That's what mandate heard. because yeah. technically. If there's no stay of this national injunction, it ain't the law anymore. Mm. It was never a law to begin with because they didn't make a law. Somebody on it on Twitter was arguing about it and said, somebody said, has did CDC do emergency measures in the past? The ruling says very, very seldom, and they were mm-hmm. not as nearly as far-reaching mm-hmm. as this. And someone said, was there a Patriot Act before 9-11? Like, well, okay, so the, so the Patriot Act was, with all of its problems, and was passed by the Congress. Yeah. So if this 
by the Congress had been passed by the Congress, okay. it would have a lot more leg to stand on. But that's not where we are. So the TSA will not be enforcing. Uh, and I think we're down to very few airlines who are yes. Saying, and in terms of ground transportation, DC Metro, no longer Uber announced and today. Uber. Yep. And here's here's a quick video of uh, one of uh, Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee was on a flight when this was announced, and the stewardess gets a little choked up. And on board the aircraft. April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. And again, there was a there was some I think he was a slate. Or somebody who has written for Slate in the past said, you know, I was... Now, I do I do understand people who made risk calculations based on the mask mandate, and then it leaves while they're in a flight, okay. so they're concerned about that. However, he was worried about his four-year-old unvaccinated daughter, and that's not really a concern. And she can continue to wear a mask, as can he. But the, the allegation was like, what, you know, why won't you people continue to live this way for me? And a couple people responded to him, well... Just reverse what you've told us for the last two years. You go, you don't have to get on the plane. Just rent a car. That's that's what no. they told anybody who had an issue right. with the mask. That's right. Including, again, it always falls on young children. You cannot fly with a toddler who needs Forcing to be Forcing a kid. Yeah, or special needs. It's Special needs really children tough. especially. So it's so, great news for them. Well, here we are. Yeah. Walls of Jericho. Tumbling down. Tumbling down. And if they, they're not going to fight this thing. If they fought this thing... I keep talking about how the tsunami will get. What's bigger than a tsunami? A red tsunami. <laughs> Armageddon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The giant wave from Armageddon is, uh, or Deep Impact. Yeah, yeah. they're they're in in danger of of being out of touch. Speaking of that, here's Donna Brazil with a with a real doozy of a of a quote, a soundbite from ABC's This Week. This week. This is what they're going to run on. Republicans are essentially running on fumes. They're running on the energy of 2020, which is the big lie. Democrats are running on an economy that's roaring back, that is uh, fighting inflation, that is helping the Ukrainians. Democrats will run on what they've delivered. Republicans are going to run on the fumes of 2020. I think the one thing Republicans don't want to do is is run on the fumes of 2020. I think they do want to focus on the economy. They have that much in common. Yeah, no, I, I think this I think this is an unwise strategy from yeah. Donna Brazil, who I like very much and have worked with sure. in the past. I'm serious spinning, though. and it's woo that that one will not reach middle class voters. That yeah. that the idea that the economy is roaring back when I just put for the first time ever in my life a yeah. hundred bucks. In a gas tank. That's crazy. Yeah. No, that, that's exactly right. Which you weirdly, say it, I don't. I usually carry paper bills and you uh -huh. stuff them in there. The car doesn't run that well. No. <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> just burning you, it up over you here. You need the video, by the way, to see that the, the, yeah. the movement of your thing. No, absolutely. I mean, they, they can say the economy is roaring back, but then you get your uh, grocery bills, or you look at everything. I look at my credit card statements. Everything is going up. It's yeah. grocery bills. It's gasoline. Amazon escort services. You name it. Everything's just. Sorry. <laughs> The Easter egg hunt or Easter egg roll happened yes. yesterday at the White House. How do you feel about the Easter egg roll at the White House, Vic? Do you have feelings about it? Oh, I, uh, I'm 
it's overrated, I'm going to say. Have you been to a White House Easter egg roll? I have never been. I've sort of kind of boycotted it. I did once. It's not my jam. Because I feel like when your kids are the right age for the Easter egg roll, they're quite young. And that just sounds like a real pain. I got to get them dressed up. Yeah. I got to make sure their behavior is good because we're at the literal White House. Yeah, it's logistics. We were just in the South Lawn. I think this was like Obama's first year. Mm-hmm. The f- the funny thing was the you would go in Obama. I mean, you a big rhino. It was you know you know I was I would you know change. I was looking for change. Yeah, I would have been in. I would have gone if I was invited to the previous. But in any event, we went. And the the funny thing is the musical guest, the performance on stage was very uh, a young kid named Justin Bieber, uh. <laughs> and kids were just like shrugging. They're just like oh, oh interesting. Whatever. Yeah, oh interesting. It was a mob scene. It was ridiculous, yeah. and it was hot at the time. They're like, "What do we get out well, see, of here?" That's the other thing. There's almost never good weather. It's either too hot, it is. It's true. or it's April's. drizzly and cold. Yeah. Yesterday or yeah. this week, no, it was it was drizzly mm-hmm. and cold. Here's the president welcoming everyone. Welcome to the White House. Welcome to your house. Welcome to the South Lawn. Thank you, and happy, happy Easter. The Easter Bunny also directed him. And in, in when he was sort of stuck in one place. The Easter yes. Bunny showed him where he should but go. All those Easter Bunnies look kind of terrifying. They look like the killer rabbits oh, from always. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yes, I, I try to I try to avoid those guys. Maybe that's why I haven't been in the Easter, Easter egg roll. Uh, no, I, I just think it sounds like a lot to bite off as a parent. And I, yeah. I've never wished it to was, go. It was exhausting. I yeah. will tell you that. Um, can I, can I yes. add for perspective? So the Easter egg roll happens. It's, it's like a, it's a, it's a thing. People go. There's a couple celebrities. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Biden administration had the nerve to make this the educational <laughs> egg roll. Which, first of all, you uh, do not appreciate that pun. Second of all, <laughs> you guys are on board with the school the teachers unions who kept kids out of school. So maybe like don't lean too hard into educational, but I wanted to do a quick flashback because I wrote about this at the time to 2017 when the Trump administration had first come into the white house. And this will just give you an idea of how differently things are covered in a Republican administration. Oh boy. Here's the headline of my piece, which is hard boiled New York times journal cracks the case of a Trump scramble, not to break Easter egg roll tradition. Ready? You're ready for the. I'm ready. This is like this is the nut graph of yes. the New York Times piece on this. Could this White House, plagued by slow hiring and lacking an on-site first lady, manage to pull off the largest, most elaborate, and most heavily scrutinized public event of the year? This is the central question of a lengthy news story printed in the New York Times this week. What you might ask is the largest, most elaborate, and most heavily scrutinized public event of the year. The newspaper claims, not as attributed assertion, but straight up fact, that it's the White House Easter egg roll. And then it goes on to quote, guess who it is who thinks it's the most important one? The lady who planned it during the Clinton years. She (laughs) thinks it's very, very, very important and that it was very possible that the Trumps were going to fumble this ball and not be able to wait for it. The Trumps were not going to be able to throw a party on the lawn of a mansion. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) They do this. I think they do this every weekend. I'm pretty sure that the Trumps can throw a party on the lawn of a mansion. (laughs) And they did that. But it was the Trump administration, so we had to make a giant deal about this nonsense thing. One of the things they had done wrong, guys, are you ready? They had waited until later in the year to order the commemorative eggs from the artisan in Maine 
So there were going to be fewer of the artisan mm. eggs at the event. Sad. Also, Justin Bieber not there. People had to settle <laughs> for the Marine Corps band. Oh, boo. I know. Boo. Horrible. I know. It was, yeah. you know what? It was an early indicator of the tragedy that would be the Trump four years. That's right. And I'm so glad they covered it so closely. Their memory is amazing, isn't it? Because it was all positive coverage yesterday, despite some of the video optics. And you you played one of them. And then the other one, of course, is when he started to ramble a little bit about first it's Pakistan, then it was Afghanistan. And then the rabbit jumped in and directed <laughs> him away. And he didn't even know where he was. He, didn't look, he looked like he didn't know where he was oh, going. And, man. of course, because the rabbits are actually comm staff. Right. Yes. I mean, and in fact, I think in Trump's time, I they're think, usually I think Sean sta- Spicer was Spicer did it for a while. Yeah. They're they're usually staffers of some yeah some level mid mid level. So they staffers. can hear what's going on and they can jump in with their friendly did furry you, face. Did you hear that the latest is that Biden is telling folks he is going to run in twenty twenty four? He should. Uh, it, <laughs> so I'm going to say because because I mean what it's going to be uh, the vice president. I don't think they want that to happen either. They are in a pickle. It's. A full, like, imagine a full-scale <laughs> campaign. Like, Sorry, I'm just giggling. like imagining Ron Klain oh, in like yeah. an Easter Bunny costume, just like, like slowly move dragging, along, sir. Move just, along, like, sir. grabbing his mouth and like pulling him <laughs> and telling him. Like, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, sure. gotta move along, sir. Yeah, that's uh, it's gonna be tricky. But anyway, that's just a flashback mm-hmm. to how these things were covered in a different time. This time, it was just a totally instant-free, everything lovely is, oh, day. Yeah, in the sun. Everything was great. Yeah, no issues. Happy. <laughs> it's, I, I like the Biden administration having an educational Easter mm-hmm. egg roll is like the Trump administration having like a pro-monogamy Easter egg roll. <laughs> yeah, very, very funny. <laughs> That's what they're doing. All right. Oh, what else we got? What else we got here? Oh, we got some 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 booze to talk about. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So. I want to I want to give her, it's not a reading assignment per se but but we should give out some good reads occasionally because sure. you're you're a very well read man I, I, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know, his, I don't know who's been telling you that it's a finger on the on the on the reporting <laughs> the long read pulse of as, the nation as we say I said have you read it well I've read in it uh, I liked I liked this reason uh, magazine piece by Peter Suderman oh, Peter yeah. Suderman is uh, is a colleague who is a great mm-hmm. uh, famously a, a, a huge Cocktail maker. He's a cocktail he's a, enthusiast. A, yes, a, uh, a real expert in that and the history of cocktails. And he wrote a piece uh, called What Old Time Saloons Tell Us About the Pandemic's Damage. Now, I'm just going to suggest that you guys check this out at Reason.com. And we'll talk about it more this week. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's very, it's very tricky to capture what we lost during the pandemic. And this is a really interesting attempt to do so, because what he does is he takes an analog, which is when Prohibition oh, sure. shut down bars and shut down casual encounters at bars and sort of the, the, the bull, shooting the bull that happens in those spaces, what the U.S. lost in terms of innovation and new yeah. ideas and all these things that come out of those conversations. And he, and he sort of posits that this is, this is the kind of thing we lost for the last two years. And again, this is the, an illustration of like, it's not just a minor inconvenience. Yeah. It's a minor inconvenience to miss the bar, sure. But it's not a minor inconvenience when you take it in aggregate of all the interactions right. we lost over those two years. So I, I love that, he, that he's trying to nail this down because it's very tough, but it's very real. We'll never know what we missed is the problem. Yes. But, yeah, that's where great ideas are often hatched during the American Revolution. Yep. Also, the Lufthansa heist in Goodfellas was at the bar. 
when they came up with that. <laughs> it's true. It's okay. true. I'm glad there was a, a historical example. And more a little modern. bit more yeah. modern. A little mo- more modern. Okay. Well, then. Uh, oh, wait. Yes. There's one more thing. What do you got? Vic. Taxes. I, no. Oh. I, no, I have to. Did uh, you file them? <laughs> <laughs> not me. My husband did. Oh, good. But I wanted to to make good on my promise to talk about the Fairfax County School oh, District's right. super, superintendent search. So briefly, here's the issue. As I may have mentioned on this show before, uh, schools were closed for a year, sometimes more. More. And yeah, I guess a little more than a year. Mm-hmm. And Get in Fairfax, which used to be one of, it, it was a very renowned school district nationwide. People moved to Fairfax yeah. to go to these schools. I was excited to be there to send my kids to these schools, and they really had to chase me off. But boy, did they. They're looking for a new school superintendent after two mm-hmm. years of Mr. Scott Brabrand, who's the the mealy-mouthiest, yeah. least leading leader I have ever seen. He's just, he has such a beautiful way of saying nice, calming sentences that mean nothing and go nowhere. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we're... It, we're putting together a team that will discuss and workshop some possible solutions. Actually, he probably doesn't even say solutions. Solutions seems too aggressive. Anyway, for two years, he dragged his feet. Now, new superintendent, there's a search. A couple things happened. One, someone leaked the finalists because everything's incompetent. Yes. Which messed up the search. One of the people who was a finalist dropped out as a result. Now, here's my question, Vic. Mm-hmm. Do you think that after your school district has destroyed its reputation and itself and many of the educations of the children who go to those schools by closing for a year, do you think you would look elsewhere for a superintendent who was presiding over a closed school district in 2020-21 or an open school district in 2020-21? Well, if they had the wherewithal, the what would I, I would call self-awareness, mm-hmm. self-awareness, the ability to read the room, yeah, you would think yeah. it would be somebody like that, but that goes against everything they believe in, and so they're all in. They're just going to double down. And what are you going? What are they going to do about because, it? Because right? uh, yeah, because until the next election. So so this is a Michelle Reed presided over a district that closed just as much, if not more, than Fairfax. Mm-hmm. Was even possibly more cautious, and uh, because they can't admit that what they did was wrong, mm-hmm. and hiring somebody who would go a different direction would be admitting that what they did was wrong. Here's the problem: you can't actually get kids to where they need to be if you don't admit what you did was wrong. So Rory, Rory Cooper, who's been a longtime fighter yeah. for getting Fairfax open, said Thursday night the board officially selected the other candidate, Michelle Reed, this is the one that didn't drop out after being revealed as one mm-hmm. of the candidates, to be our new superintendent. Reed is at best a small district Brayrand. At worst, she's a larger problem. She comes from North, North Shore School District outside of Seattle, one mm-hmm. of the worst places for schools over the past two years. She has presided over the district since 2016. It has 23,000 students, or about 11% of what Fairfax has. During her tenure at North Shore, test scores plummeted, mental health challenges grew, parents protested, and her district was the poster child in the Pacific Northwest of school closures. On top of all that, Reed presided over a scandal in which the school system failed to protect female high school athletes from an allegedly abusive coach. I'm reminded of an old Simpsons episode in which one restaurant owner says to his partner, sometimes I think you want to fail. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if I if I if I already had not a lot of faith in mm-hmm. Fairfax, I did. You know, I, I try to stay an optimist. So I was like, maybe there will be a reset. There will be no reset in this giant, formerly very good school district. On that happy note, 
If you're going to reset, you got to reset on your own. That wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Substack and Twitter. You can find me at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. You can see me on Bill Maher this week on Friday. And uh, until next time, this has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.